there, and welcome to my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. I am Catherine, and I am so glad to welcome you here. Let's discover together interesting facts about fashion and history and fashion history. Do you know that when you wear pants, you make a political statement? And even a bigger one when you are a woman? No? Then, welcome to this new episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast. Together, we will go through the origin of pants, when did people start to wear them, the different forms they took over time. Then, we will look at the hidden meanings of wearing pants from a social, political, and gender point of view. And finally, we will look at women and pants, why they have been forbidden to be worn, how they became a symbol of power claim, and from which moment pants started to be acceptable for women. Let's start this new episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast, Pant and Women, a Symbol of Emancipation. Pants are nowadays universal and unisex outfits. In our westernized culture, they symbolize democracy, freedom, and comfort. When I, get, when I get dressed in the morning, I usually put on a pair of pants, not thinking more about this choice. It's natural for me, as it is for my sisters, my girlfriends, and my mother. However, when I started working on that episode, I tried to remember my grandmothers wearing pants, and I couldn't recall anything. I saw no pictures of them in pants, though one of my grandmothers was a farmer and the other one worked in a factory. This intrigued me, and I decided to learn more about that, to understand the shift that happened between my grandmother's generation and my mother's generation. What is a pair of pants? If we describe them almost from a scientific approach, we can say that pants look like two tubes of fabrics worn around each leg to protect them and attach at the waist level. They are open in the middle, at the genitals level, where you can have a fly or buttons to fasten them. The very first representations of pants were found in Siberia, Russia, on the sites of Malta and Buret. Archaeologists found statues of prehistorian figurative hearts representing an ancestor of our modern pants and looking like what tribes living in the Arctic region wear nowadays. Two examples of pants have been found in China, not far from the Taklamakan desert, and we are dated between the 13th and the 10th century before Christ. And the mummy of Atsi, also called the Iceman, who lived between 3350 and 3105 before Christ, featured leather gaiters attached to the waist. It is said that men started to wear pants when they domesticated horses. They found out that they were more comfortable to wear when riding a horse than tunic-like garments, usually worn during the antiquity. Even if some representations of people wearing pants like garments can be found, the main European ancient civilizations, ancient Greece and ancient Rome, won't really adopt them. Pants were more associated with the slaves' outfits for ancient Greeks. They would name them Anaxiris for pants worn by tribes from the east, or Sarabara, the type of pants worn by the Sids. Ancient Greeks would even find pants really ridiculous, and would call them bags. Ancient Romans were better. They saw pants as the dress of barbarian tribes, 
no way to be assimilated with them, Romans, who were the representation of civilized men. However, the Roman Empire expanding to northern and colder lands, Roman soldiers would in fact start understanding the advantages of pants and would wear them. Then the civil society would adopt them. During the Roman Empire, two types of pants would exist, the feminatia and the brachae. The feminatia was a sort of pants aiming at protecting the femurs, while the brachae was a long and ample type of pants fastened at the ankles. A bit like the type of pants you see when you look at representations of Celtic tribes, for example, the Gauls, during the antiquity. And if Middle East tribes would adopt and keep pants, in Western Europe, pants would have back and forth history. Until the 16th century, the ancient Roman-inspired clothing style would prevail with long tunics. The 16th century in Europe will see the, an evolution in fashion, the apparition of the fashion concept itself. People would start to be more aware of their physical characteristics and to underline them. For men, I like to say that starting from the 16th century, legs would be the new sexy. Really, men of that time would have an obsession about their legs and would want to show them to showcase their status and sexual appeal. One should never judge the fashion habits of a period or culture, right? The ancestors of our modern pants were the shows, themselves coming from the brachae, the Celtic pants. At that time, they were quite short, worn together with the equivalent of silk stockings wrapped around the legs and attached to the doublet, the jacket, with an opening in the middle covered by a coat piece to hide the genitals. They were also quite voluminous, having a kind of onion shape. The form of the shows will evolve, becoming longer and fitter over time to give birth to the breeches, the culotte, as we say in French. Breeches were usually worn by the aristocracy, the elite, and this is a detail that will have its importance during the 18th century, as you will see. So pants didn't have a simple history, right? Considered as the outfit for slaves or barbarians, they weren't the favorite piece of clothing of our ancestors. However, over time, they would be associated with a certain class, the aristocrats, the wealthy people who would wear the breeches, while the working class, the lower one, would wear the pants. The difference might be very small and maybe not truly understandable for our modern society. However, during the 18th century and the eve of the French Revolution, the difference was paramount and the symbolism of breeches and pants bigger than ever. Breeches and pants started to fight each other. Breeches, the culotte, representing the old regime, the privilege against the pants, the sans-culotte, literally meaning without breeches, representing the revolutionaries who were fighting against the privileges. The French Revolution saw the end of the French absolute monarchy and the power of the king. It wasn't politically correct for men to wear breeches. Breeches wearers were, would be seen as supporters of the old regime traitors to the new order and be beheaded. Not the funniest part of the French history, if you want my point of view. Being beheaded because you don't wear the right type of clothing? This might seem so absurd, though unfortunately not just an anecdote of the past. The French Revolution would impose the equality of dressing and pants would be adopted by all men, no matter their social class or wealth. 
Their forms would change and evolve over the next centuries to give birth to the modern pants, whose shape would be settled down mid-19th century. Brakae, breeches, pants, trousers, culottes, so many names to describe the same type of dress. In French, we say pantalon, pantaloon in English. And this French word pantalon would come from pantalone, a character of La Commedia dell'arte, the Italian theater comedy between the 16th and 18th century. The character was a greedy old man trying to seduce women and would wear a specific costume reflecting and exaggerating his personality to entertain people. He would wear red outfits composed of a Greek-style hat, a pair of long pants, cut piece, jacket, and cape. His name would be associated with his bottom outfits. Pantalone, pantaloons, pantalon in French, and shortened to pants in English. Interesting, right? On the top of all the meanings pants could have had throughout history, linked with slavery, barbarian tribes, lower classes, and revolution, you can also have the entertaining and disguised aspect. And what about women? Were they allowed to wear pants? What do you think? Women and pants could be linked with women's fight for equality, freedom, and recognition. Over time, pants became the male outfit per se, symbolizing power and authority. The patriarchal society in which we've been living since ancient Greece makes it clear that you can't usurp a power and position you weren't born for. And women, those poor and weak females, weren't born for power, right? And if pants equal power, then no pants for women. I remember this year during one of my fashion history class, a student commenting, when you study fashion history, you can't help but becoming a feminist just by looking how women had to dress and how these restrictive dresses preventing them to make their voices heard. When it comes to pants, women didn't have the right to wear them. Apart from few examples of the medieval times of female warriors such as Jeanne d'Arc or Christine of Sweden, nothing. And even the French Revolution, this great propaganda about equality of rights between men, didn't change anything. Because, well, women are not men. And here we come back to the perception of the availability of the woman's body. As for what we saw in a previous episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast dedicated to underwear, wearing or not wearing pants by women is linked with the accessibility of the female's genitals. Wearing skirts means that the woman's sex is open, available, easily accessible, and under the control of men. Wearing pants means that the woman's sex is closed, not available, not so easy accessible. And this time, this is the women who have control over their bodies. The first pants women were allowed to wear was the pantalets an underwear authorized for morality, hiding the body of women where dresses became tight-fitted at the end of the 18th century, or for hygiene's purposes during the 19th century. We could think that things would have changed with the French Revolution and its claims for freedom, equality, and brotherhood. Women took an active part during the revolution, fighting, killing, being killed, and 
Legitimately, they thought that they would earn more rights. Absolutely not. If the decree of October 1793 did give the freedom to dress the way people wanted, no matter the social classes, it still imposed to respect gender differences in dresses. To make it short, if you were a man, you had to dress as a man, and if you were a woman, you had to dress as a woman. The way around was impossible. Cross-dressing or transvestism was forbidden, especially for women. Men could dress as women if they wanted. They would only face jokes, but I understand they didn't do it. Women dresses weren't that comfortable or practical, right? While women wanted to dress as men and to adopt the supreme symbol of men's power, the pants, to be considered as equal. And they did start to wear pants, until the French government started to be fed up. And on November 1800, the Paris police prefecture adopted another decree, according to which, if a woman wanted to wear pants, she needed to go to the prefecture to ask for a special authorization for transvestism slash cross-dressing, linked with a medical condition or the type of work done, meaning jobs considered as men's jobs. It was forbidden for women to wear masculine outfits. Yeah, because a woman wearing pants was clearly challenging the male authority, was harming the patriarchy, and was putting the social order in danger. Obviously. Pants are more comfortable, easier to wear, and women would have been less controllable and manageable if men couldn't restrain their movements with corsets, petticoats, and other festivities. However, women didn't accept this situation that easily. Of course, after millenniums of servility, it was high time to start the gender revolution. In France, the author, Georges Sand, whose real name was Amandine Lucille Aurore Dupin and who had to write under a masculine pseudonym to be published, adopted the pants as a way to access the closed world of men and to show her freedom. The French sportswoman Violette Morris claimed the rights to wear pants and other masculine outfits for their comfort and practicality. In 1930, the French Sport Feminine Federation took back her license because she was dressing as a man. The 30s, can you imagine? It's not the George Sands 19th century anymore. You could have thought that the society have, has evolved after the First World War. But no. Madeleine Pelletier, the first French female intern in psychiatry, definitely adopted pants in 1905, without this famous authorization from the prefecture. She wanted through her outfits to show men that she was their equal. Well done, Madeleine. In Great Britain, women working in coal mines in Wigan would wear the first would be the first to wear pants under the skirts. For practicability again. Skirts were wrapped around the waist and the pants were visible. It shocked the well thinking Victorian society of the time. In the US, women working in ranches also wore pants. And during the First World War, more and more women would start wearing pants as they needed to do more men's job. However, the 20s didn't see the explosion of pants for women. 
The third is we'll see Hollywood stars challenging the pan statu quo for women. Marlene Dietrich, Greta Garbo, Katharine Hepburn, these actresses so emblematic of the Hollywood golden age would wear pants, smoking, slowing, starting the democratization of pants wearing for women. And even after the Second World War, wearing a pair of pants where you were a woman was a political act, promoting gender equality and women emancipation. We will need to wait for the 60s and the 70s to see pants completely adopted by women and being acceptable for them. These two decades are important for women. The 60s saw the sexual liberalization of women and the 70s are the, de- the unisex decade, blurring gender differences. To go on with the 80s, women were accessing more and more managerial positions, directly competing with men and decided to copy their dress code. Nowadays, not everything is pinked on the pants side for women in particular, and freedom of dress inside in general. If women can now wear pants, it's quite common that the way they dress are being commented more than their intellectual capacities. Pants are not, open neck are not, skirts are not. If you are a successful woman either in politics or in business, you can be sure that your outfits will be more commented than what you said or did which offer we do for men too, for the sake of equality of dress. And what about the fashion industry? What did it do when it comes to pants for women? Did fashion designers surf on the wave of the women emancipation? We saw that this pants revolution for women wasn't influenced by, by fashion and more by the society. The first designer to have tried to introduce pants in the women's wardrobe was Coco Chanel before the First World War. However, a clientele, and maybe the mentality of the time too, wasn't ready yet for the pants revolution, and Chanel went on designing and creating pants only for personal usage. We will need to wait 1966 and Yves Saint Laurent, who designed the smoking for women and added pants in his collections. This time, The society and mentality were ready for the pants revolution, even though women still couldn't go to society parties or five-stars restaurants wearing them. But it was just a question of time, and just by looking at nowadays red carpets, events, or bridal wear, or just streetswear, you can see more and more pants. It's almost even the costume, the uniform of women. Long life to the pants! Long life to the freedom of dress, no matter your gender. And I will conclude this episode with a quote from Pierre Berger, who co-founded the fashion label Yves Saint Laurent. Chanel freed the woman, Saint Laurent gave her power. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast dedicated to pants and women, a symbol of emancipation. You won't look at your pants the same way. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook, and to have a look at my blog to complete the podcast with some visuals. And if you like my podcast, feel free to leave a comment or a review. I would really appreciate it. I am Catherine, and this is my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. See you next week for a new Fashion Story Box.